Metricast. The souls that are coming know this, like they know this is coming and they, they, that's part of their dharma. And so I guess that is what the full message that she had said. That's why I was like, I don't want to freak people out. And so when I first heard it, it did take me a little bit to be like, oh my gosh, like this is kind of overwhelming. But then it also, then I'm like, okay, well this, because again, the outside world is telling us like, there's a lot, there's a lot coming in and, you know, it's up to us to decipher what we need to take in and what, you know, what we can release. Welcome, beautiful beings, to season two of the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast with your host, Harrison Ma. This podcast sets the loving intention of creating the mystical space needed to pull back the layers restricting health, alignment, and love. Now let's walk you home to your cosmic spiritual heart space. Today's episode is a beautiful chat with an equally beautiful woman and soul. The The guest I have on today's show is Andrea Klassen. She is a wonderful Ayurvedic practitioner, a yoga teacher, a wild woman circle leader, which I love in itself, and is a powerful soul that we're going to dive into with here today on the show with the help of you, the beautiful guest, the beautiful community, and go into all topics, a topic I haven't hit on yet, which is Ayurveda and the cycles of women, but also men. We're going to get into the yogic and and sort of connection of how that plays a role, the chakras, we're going to talk about the bigger rhythms in the cosmos, and so much more. Andrea, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here today. Me too, my friend. I know we were we were joking before we started recording that uh, we were mixing up time zones, but I think that's always a sign that the universe is saying, is this do we need to test you? Do we need to test you for this conversation? <laughs> Do you want to have it? And I think we we both made it. So we're here, right? Yes. I love that. I love yeah. that. <laughs> All right. So let's, Andrea, let's get into it. Cause I want to, I have a lot of questions I want to ask you today. And I know you have so much knowledge that I really want to, I can't wait to share with the tribe and the community that tune into this show week to week. But before we do that, I want to hear a little bit about the soul that you are. And, and because it's one thing to share our our guidance and our mastery with the world but you are an individual soul behind those tools right and i think in many ways that is the love that really heals it's not just the tool itself in this case being i've edited today but it's your essence that you channel through that so a good way to start this is how did you end up in in the in the world in working with ayurveda and the cycles and what was specifically the pain? Because there's usually a pain or a series of pains that led us into the journey we're in now. What comes up? So when I first discovered Ayurveda, I was on a yoga retreat in the jungles of Costa Rica. That would do it. And the, yes, the teacher was like, you're a pitta. And I was like, I don't know what this means, but I'm intrigued. So as soon as the retreat was over, I was like, I'm signing up for my first, you know, 200 hour yoga teacher training program, thinking I would learn about Ayurveda learning. You only got a day of that. So, you know, a, a glimpse. And so I was hungry for more. So that's why I wanted. And then I actually ended up getting pregnant during my first 200 hour training. And so, um, you know, I was just assuming everything was going to be going back to normal. I was a personal trainer. And so I come from this intense background. And so yoga was kind of that balancing element for me. Very masculine. And, the personal yes. training was very masculine, right? 
Yes, very much so. And I was totally living in that masculine energy. And so, you know, yoga kind of helped find that balance, but it wasn't quite there yet. And then postpartum, um, after I had my son, I really struggled like mentally. I'm pretty sure I had some postpartum depression that just didn't get tapped into that. My mom and my parents kept coming up and visiting and they lived a few hours away. And so I'm sure my mom kind of sensed that, that energy about myself without wanting to alarm. Um, and so that's where I was like, okay, this is the time I want to step into more with Ayurveda. And, um, this, this year program came open and I said, okay, let's do this. So I signed up for, um, Kate Stillman's, uh, one year Ayurvedic program and I loved it. And I started healing myself postpartum, you know, from all of this, um, kind of that masculine, this is what it needs to be done. Let me check off the to-do list. Like I should be healed by now. And I, I wasn't. And so Ayurveda kind of played that healing role for me and helped me kind of loosen or soften my edges. That's kind of what I, what I like to say. And then since then I just kind of dove even deeper and I took Katie Silcox, um, her program for two years. And so deep in my studies and, um, became a 500 hour yoga teacher, you know, trainer last year. Um, and then currently I'm pregnant again this time. And so I'm very excited to kind of really dive into the true Ayurvedic postpartum healing. Um, and that's kind of my journey right now is just to kind of, um, kind of come full circle in a way that I didn't expect. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I love it. I think your journey is beautiful, my friend. And I think I I shared this with you when we had our pre-chat, a very, very similar, uh, components in my journey. I started as a personal trainer as well. And from a, from a physical male body, I hit that same masculine wall, right? That same, just go, 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 be the, be the strong outer layer. And and I felt this in your journey, as you were just explaining, this desire and this ultimate sort of, it just bursted out of you, of the feminine, right? The feminine wanting to be seen, the feminine wanting to be felt, the feminine wanting to be expressed for you, it was yoga and the Ayurveda. But I think this is a theme for everyone, right? If if we, and I want to get your perspective on this, I think we these two forces inside of us, we can either listen to them in the moment and find that balance or they're going to come knocking at our door at one point, maybe with a pain teacher to help us see, oh, we need to bring some balance here and you need to feel the thing that needs to be felt. Does that resonate with you, my friend? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, the first time when I was pregnant with my son, I felt like embarrassed that I was pregnant. And I'm like, because again, this training background, I was like, oh, what is happening with my body? It's changing and growing a human. And so I think that like for me, something broke in terms of like, okay, this time around, I'm like, this, this is not how it's supposed to be. Like, I've totally, you know, I'm like, I want to take the maternity pictures in the flowing dress, which I was, would never have even thought of the last time. And so for me, it's just that kind of that crack of like, and what I found, cause I've also find this interesting that you're, you know, coming from that training background too, is a lot of, I've met a lot of personal trainers who kind of have come to this evolution. Yeah. I think a lot of it is us getting to work with so many people just one-on-one and really seeing it's not necessarily, it's not the physical body. It's often what's inside is what people are craving. And that's kind of the stuff that I love to do as a trainer is I liked the inside part, not just like, you know, do more squats, do more bent over rows. You know, I liked, no, tell me more, like break me open, bring me into your soul. What are you thinking? So that's kind of where I find a lot of trainers that have shifted work that that was there. You know, we like that stuff. We like to go deep with people. It's so funny you share that 
I um I've shared this on the podcast before, but that's exactly what I did too. I was I was I was the personal trainer at the gym that would would be setting up doing the sets and then in between the sets I'd be asking each client oh so what's what's happening on the weekend with your relationships how's your how's your heart feeling do you feel angry do you feel sad what's what's your connection to a higher power like every I couldn't I couldn't help myself like I had the it's funny looking back on it now and I I teach this all the time the physical body is the last place a mental emotional or spiritual challenge will show up so it's it's i think that's a big part of what you're saying here is we inst- i think we we unconsciously know that so there's a big part of us that is pulled to okay we've got the physical moving they they're moving their their muscles but there's also something energetically that's being expressed as they start to as they start to strengthen and and open their physical being now the other parts of them are opening up so we can lean into that right Totally. I mean, that's why I think dance and, you know, yoga where yoga can crack people open too, because people are moving in a nonlinear way where they're like, what is, what's going on? I have stuck energy that is now opening and I'm, I'm willing to look at it. Let's talk about that. Cause that was one of my other, that was one of my questions here. So let's jump to that. Let's talk about the specifically, actually let's, can you define Ayurveda just for people that don't know what it is? And then let's make that yogic connection to it. So what's for people that are just showing up to the show, they see the title. What what's Ayurveda from, from your perspective for someone that's totally new to it? It literally translates to wisdom of life and it originated in India over 5,000 years ago. And really that's how, once you really know Ayurveda, you're like, yes, that makes sense. It is it has wisdom. It's a new way to look at life. And so often when I have people first start to learn it, they're like, oh, this is a completely different lens. We're looking at the body as a whole person, you know, the mind, body, soul. We're not just compartmentalizing. All right. We're, you know, separating the bodies over here, minds over here, souls here. We need to get three different, you know, things for all of these areas where Ayurveda is like, no, holistically, what can we do? That's going to encompass all three of those parts because they're not separate, but often we kind of try to keep them in their own spaces when it's just not the reality. So that's kind of where I look at Ayurveda and um, how it's connected to yoga. Often it's called the sister science of yoga. And so I have teachers who are like, you can't do one without truly doing the other. And often in a lot of the yoga teacher training programs, again, like I said, it was three hours. That's all you had. And so to really practice um, my, like my 500 hour, I purposely picked this one because it was all about Ayurveda. It was heavily steeped into that program. And so there was no like separate. So people got a lot more education about what Ayurveda is, how to implement this into the practices. Um, you know, what poses are going to aggravate what dosha. Um, mm. and that's also something that pe- maybe people have heard of as the doshas, mm. which are well, kind of the mind body type. Pause there for a second. Cause that's, you're reading my mind, my friend, that's my next question. Let's let we'll get into that, but just before you jump to that, the I think the science, the Ayurveda, the word of the science to the yoga is so important. And for people that have listened to the show for a while now, it's it's interesting watching the collective shift that we're all moving through, right? I think there is an there is a desire, as we were just saying before, with the physical and how we noticed it as personal trainers. It's not an us thing. I think there's a collective desire to move from this really old-fashioned, outdated 
a symptomology approach to healing where we look at ourselves as as isolated mechanistic machines where we need a specialist for each individualized part to this more integrated whole holistic as you were just defining a system of systems view approach and i think the funny thing about it is ayurveda isn't a new thing it's a it's a it's been around for thousands of years so it's i i just think it's another example of this is not an adding on game this is a remembering of the things that have been mm. there the whole time <laughs> yeah i mean often like grandmother's wisdom that's a lot of people are like oh my grandmother used to do yeah things like this and i'm like yes very much so mine minded as well yeah and i just just before we move on from the yoga piece out of interest what is the the yoga teacher training and the yoga you practice what type is it is it um many different it's types? more tantra tantra based ah, cool. is where the the ayurvedic one that i went through actually both my 200 hours both teachers came from the tantric lineage and my meditation training that i'm in right now is also tantric oh so that's a we might have to i might have to bring you on my friends to another show just on on that because the the whole um sexual sensual energy side of uh healing is is very important too but let me ask you around the yogic piece because you brought up before can you explain the need and the connection between uh, opening up the body and emotional release? And I'll, let me just, I'll, I'll set this with a foundation here. I, uh, my teacher training for yoga was with, with yin, yin yoga. And if you've ever, I'm sure you've practiced it. When you do yin yoga, uh, there's a lot of emotional release because you're holding poses for an extended amount of time. And the longer you hold the pose, the more opportunity you have for the fascia and the and the ligaments and the and the tissue to expand and when the tissue expands it's not just physiologically expanding it's also allowing energy emotion trauma pain to to flow and be expressed so i'm wondering your opinion on this does it do you resonate do you have you seen this in the work that you do yeah i mean a lot of it so when i look at poses and when i look at kind of putting together sequences um you know, I tie it into seasons as well. Cause the doshas are all tied into that component. So I'm looking a lot like, okay, if it's, so right now it's the fall season, what's happening with energy, scattered energy, um, anxiety, people can be really flighty. There's a lot going on. People's schedules got fuller. And so with that up energy, like that's going to be living up in the headspace. I want to make sure that we get grounded. So a slower practice, um, we're going to be doing some twists. We're going to be doing some forward bends. Um, inversions, probably not, because then we're going to be putting too much on that headspace because um, we don't want to necessarily bring more energy up. And so I'm kind of looking, how can we release? Um, so like Malasana, great pose, like down and out. What can we release? The Apana, you know, Apana value is what we're really focused on. And so I'm kind of looking at, um, those type of poses when I'm putting together things. Um, and I often love to use sound in class and I'm in, uh, Minnesota, which the state is, can be kind of more mild mannered. And so I always tell people, I'm like, please, I'm inviting you make the noise. And I'll just be like, ah, and then sometimes people will actually do it and release in a twist. Cause often we have that stuff that's stuck and sometimes sound is how we need to release it. Carries it. It, it and carries it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then it's so awesome when people are like, Whoa, I didn't even realize that was inside of me. Just kind of just came out when invited. And so those are kind of how I like to use some of the energetics in classes. I love it. And for people 
of the beautiful tribe listening with that that vocal expression within a yoga pose and the release i would also add another layer there of because i've done a lot of inner child episodes my friend and i'm sure maybe you've delved into that world yourself in that in that yogic release with the sound you could also tap that if you're doing inner child healing you could tap that into the inner child too because it's such a link between the voice and the and the release of our inner child's needs right because most of us in childhood have had that voice expressed so in that in that release in the yogic pose as we start to tone there's a lot of inner child expression there too have you noticed that my friend oh yeah oh yeah and especially you know as you know anyone who's in a woman's body who might have been just told sit down, be quiet. You can't speak. Sometimes just being like, no, now speak up. Um, I was just at a women's retreat with 75 women and it was amazing. Just the sounds that people were making just pent up, just stuckness in bodies that it was safe space to do it. And so, I mean, those are, those are some of the things that sometimes, um, I think can get overlooked in classes where it's, it's just a nice little extra layer that can be added. Oh, that tribe. I just got images as you were saying that that would have been a, such a powerful experience. Just, yeah. Anyway, I was just, as soon as you said it, I got a, a, a huge image in my third eye of imagining and the the tonal. We, I think we often forget that our tone is not just good for us, right? When we're in a collective with people, it heals others as well. Yeah. At the very least, we're an example of what is possible. Anyway, let's um, <laughs> let's keep moving here, my friend. I want to talk about. A question bubbled up around the cycles and tuning into knowing how to work out what that is. But let's maybe answer first, what are the doshas? And then we can go into that. So for people new to Ayurveda, what are the what are the doshas and how would you define them? Yeah. So the doshas um, are a mind-body type, but they're also tied to the seasons. They're also tied to a time of day um, and a time of life. And so sometimes they can get really oversimplified, um, but it's really a deep process. And I look at the doshas in terms of the gunas or qualities. And so when I teach people, that's kind of what I tap into to really grasp them. But for the sake of today, it's just going to be easier to talk in the, the broader sense. But if people want to go deeper, I would definitely recommend looking into the gunas under each of those doshas. So the, the doshas, there's three of them, vata, pitta, and kapha. And so they're all associated um, like right now in the fall season is the Vata time of the year. And so what it looks like in balance, super creative time of the year. Um, people usually, if you are kind of in the Vata in nature, you can be um, really mobile, but sometimes out of balance, too mobile. And um, routines are often kind of the thing that I have um, Vata doshas focus on is getting back into routines to stay imbalance because out of balance, they can get scattered. They can um, you know be talking on their phones, asking their friend, Oh, I can't find my phone. I got to go, but where's my phone? Even though they're talking on it, like those are the distracted side of that Vata dosha. Um, and then the Pitta, the Pitta is in the summer season. So Pitta is heat, it's fire. And so with the Pitta um, in nature, they're very, they're like the CEOs. They're the to-do list people. They are on top of their stuff. Um, they're the ones who have the clipboards, make the list and can really stay focused out of balance, they're going to be too hyper-focused and often can get burnt out, overwhelmed. We think of all of like the acid reflux, inflammation in the body, all those fiery things, those are related to that pitta element typically. 
So that's kind of the flip side of that pitta. And then the last one, kapha, which is going to be during the spring season and the kapha imbalance. I always call them like the mama earths because they're the ones you're like, I just want to give you a hug. I don't know why, because they're just such a grounded energy presence and they're, um, you know, in balance, they're the givers. They love to just give now out of balance. They're not always the best at receiving. And so sometimes they get stuck and stagnant. So like a Netflix and chill because they just can't get themselves going. Cause maybe they just gave way too much of themselves. Um, and then not, they're not having those tools to balance back in. So that's kind of the flip side of the kapha. So thank you for the outline, my friend. Do we, as individuals, do we cycle out through them, all of them throughout the season? So as the seasons change, you use me as an example, I will shift into, because it's going into summer here in Australia, I'm shifting into that, is it was a pitta? The pitta, yeah. So, So how do I, so as someone who is shifting into that, what would you advise? What's the best sort of preparation to allow that cycle shift to occur? So here's what I would preface with. So with the doshas, so we all have a prakriti, which is the dosha that we're born. And then we have a vikriti, which is which can be our out of balance dosha. So our prakriti will never change. It will, it should always be the same. So for me, I'm a pitta. Like I was born a pitta, like that won't change. My vikriti though, I tend to go out more in vata. I know I don't like it when I go out in my pitta and I know very much when I do probably from my years of personal training, I was very much probably out of balance. And so now I don't mind if my vata goes out, which then I have to be careful with. So I'm always monitoring my vata. Now my kapha, I don't, I don't have to worry about my kapha. What does that monitoring look like? Cause that's the, that's the piece I want to sort of. So for me, again, the kapha is one that I really don't worry about. And this is for most people, we're going to have that one dosha where we're like, Yep. One of those doesn't, everything I just described, that doesn't really resonate with me. That means that's probably the one you have the least amount in. You probably don't have to worry about going out in that. Now, for example, that kapha season is the spring season. I might pay a little more attention to it, but in general, I'm not really needing to worry about balancing that even in the season that that dosha is in. So do you know your property by any chance? Okay. Cause I was like, if you were, so for example, we'll pretend you're pitta. So if you're a pitta and you're going into pitta season, so what you're going to really want to pay attention to and monitor is probably that pitta dosha, because you're going to be more prone to going out of balance, which could look like all of the hot, spicy foods, alcohol, caffeine, all of those things are going to inflame that pitta. It's going to stoke those fires. And then it can lead to people, you know, having the the sharp tongues, they can get quick to judge you know, kind of the flip side or the kind of the shadow side of yourself starts to come out because you're like, Oh, that's not me, but your, your lifestyle is fueling that. And then to find that balance opposites heal in Ayurveda. So like increases like opposites heal. So if we're thinking, okay, we're coming into this fiery season, what do I need to do to stay cool? So that can look like cooling pranayama breath that can look like um, a restorative yoga class, uh, not heated. So again, that heated, if you go to a hot yoga class in the hot summer, it's going to throw you off of balance. And so you're kind of just looking at, and you might be drawn to it. Often we're drawn to the thing that sometimes tips us further out of balance, even though we know this isn't good for us. That's why I said, I have to monitor that Vata side of me because my Vata is like, I don't need to do routines. I'll skip my morning routine today. And then as soon as that happens once, sometimes happens twice, And then what do you know? It's been two weeks. Haven't done my meditation practice. Haven't done my morning pranayama. 
And now I'm feeling really out of balance. And so that's how those slowly trickle in. And so that's why, you know, for me monitoring that Vata and that's how I kind of do it. And so for you, if that Pitta was the fire, where can you make sure you're staying cool versus inflaming and stoking those hot fires? So it, 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 it brings up a few things in me, my friend, first of all, it shows that it's so, it's so easy. I know for me, and maybe people relate, can listen to this, can relate to this. It's so easy for us to get into that routine that you're talking about and stay fixed because it's there's safety, right? There's safety in being in a fixed routine. You're like, okay, I've, I've, I've controlled every possible outcome here and I'm okay. I'm good. And in this highly traumatizing world that we all live in, this is a very easy state to get in. Right? I find myself in it all the time. However, I think Ayurveda really opens up that flow, right? It helps you see that you can still be safe. You can still be abundant. You can still be expressive. You can still be all the things you want within the safety, but also be shifting, also be cycling, right? And I think, and I'll just add to what you're saying, and maybe you can validate this for me. I've noticed the cycle shifts, not just from those internal uh, mental and emotional triggers and things I've been noticing, but I also notice it through my physical body, right? My physical body shows me through uh, different meridian lines and different, um, uh, we'll talk about chakras soon here, but it shows me physiologically where something is off, right? So if I've been eating a certain way and, and the cycle has shift shifted, that same meal that for the last couple of months has been pretty aligned with me now is going to be showing something in my body differently just because the cycle has shifted, right? Does that... Does that resonate, my friend? Yeah. So within that too, um, the one piece you had mentioned when you first started, you know, sharing this, that I was like, ooh, this is a good important piece to think about. So when you talked about those control of those routines, that's a very pitta thing. That would be a pitta imbalance. So pittas, so the routines are great for vata. Pittas sometimes need a little fluctuation so they don't get grippy with things because pittas can tend to be like, Nope, this is it. This is what I eat every day for 20 years. It's going to stay the same. This is the same routine I do for 50 years. You know, it just gets stuck and they're, they can get really rigid. And so for pittas, I always want to be like, okay, self-care, like what can we do for self-care? And it's going to look different. And I like to encourage pittas in particular to change with the seasons. So, you know, as you were talking about eating, you know, as you go into the summer months, you're not going to be having your grounding soups. You know, you're not going to be having those root vegetables. You're going to be thinking lighter foods. Um, in Ayurveda, we're not a big fan of salads at any time of the year, unless your digestion is super solid because typically the raw vegetables can be harder to digest. But again, that's not for everyone because one person's medicine is another's poison. And so you have to know yourself in that regards. And um, people usually are like, well, how do I know if I digest it? And I'm like, if, if you're having a regular bowel movement every day, you're good to go. But if you're getting stuck and constipated, then we have to look at the food and look at, you know, the different food combinations. So that's, that's one of the things I think for the routines that you, you have to adjust according to the season. And then the vatas though, you want to make sure you're still doing the same thing all throughout that season. And the kaphas, um, they can, they, they like to start there with movement is kind of how I keep kaphas in balance is they need some sort of movement to not get stuck and stagnant. Mm. I love it. And in case anyone missed that with the bowel movements, I would highly encourage people if you're not doing this already, I know this might sound, uh, what's the word crude to some listeners, <laughs> but I just want you to lean in the best way. And I always share this example 
how do you think we monitored our internal system before we had all these powerful diagnostic machines right how practitioners would would work out what's going on internally is looking at looking at what comes out of the body right both in the in your number ones and your number twos to say it very politely so i would just encourage people one of the ways that i look into my cycles is through bowel movements is through going to the bathroom because that shows you what's happening internally right uh my friend, I want to shift now into another big topic here around cycles that I know you have a lot of knowledge in. And it's something I haven't talked about too much on the show. And I, and I want to bring to the community's awareness, especially all the lovely ladies that listen to this show. And it is the emphasis on the menstrual cycle and how this cycle is, is something that is so heavily overlooked in 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 the in the mainstream collective view and we both talked about our history as personal trainers that was i think the first big wake-up call for me to see how and i'm sure you're going to talk about this that while men and women have a circadian rhythm females have an infradian rhythm and that is your monthly cycle that you need to be aware of and if you're doing the same like we we're just talking about the same routine with food with rest with with uh, movement throughout the month as a woman you're keeping it the same that's gonna that cycle is going to be challenged so i'd love to throw to you my friend maybe start with this introduction why is the menstrual cycle so important to be mindful of in the feminine body as we start to move towards balance yeah so the menstrual cycle is the fifth vital sign and it's often one that gets overlooked by so many of us and um, just as you were talking about with bowel movements, you know, checking out what's going on during your actual bleed is also very important because what I look at in Ayurveda, I actually, so the, all of the menstrual phases are associated with the dosha as well. And so often when I can say, I'm like, oh, we're getting quarter size clots, for example, I'm like, that's actually a doctor appointment. And people are like, wait, what, you know, we don't know these things and doctors don't necessarily even tell you at your regular appointments. And so I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a sign that we have some clotting going on throughout the body somewhere. And so, um, you know, really paying attention to what is normal for you and then we can adjust from there. So if we talk about like in Ayurveda, it's a slightly different than a Western take on the cycle. Um, as in some things I think in Ayurveda are, they're a little bit more specific, but they have 5,000 years of wisdom behind it. And so bleeding phase should be about three to four days of bleed. Um, and then if you're bleeding heavily for about seven days, that would be one where you're like, Hey, I, I might need to talk to a holistic practitioner to kind of help, um, you know, ease that back in because four to five days, some people are like, Whoa, that's crazy. I'm at seven to eight and that's really long. And that's a lot of days of your month. If you're bleeding for eight days a month, that's a long time. Um, especially if you're having cramps and PMS and bloating and all of the other things that can come with the menstrual phase and the times typically that you're having that is late luteal into that bleeding phase. So if we're going to talk about, let me just kind of back up and go through those four phases quick in case people are brand new to like working with the phases. And so the, Andrew, yeah, just before you do it, just to, I want to, just for the men listening, yeah. right. This is, this is just as important for you as it is for the, for the females, because if you, if you have a female in your life, which is everyone, if you have a mother, right. You, if you're aware of these cycles that you're about to explain, then your relationships enhance, 
right? You're, if you understand where even if the person is premenstrual or, or menopausal, they still have a degree of, if you can understand this flow, then your relationship flow increases, right? So I just, I want to just for the men that might be switching off, just tune yeah. in as well. Keep, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. No, my husband is like, he now understands the phases and is like, he could kind of know where I'm at and he's like, okay, like, let's not have arguments because I might, I am more argumentative during that late luteal phase. And he learned that. And so we learned not a great time to have conversations. So this is when we're going to, I'll break it down from the start is the follicular phase. So the follicular phase is typically days seven through 12, 15. It's going to vary for your own cycle. And so days, um, you're usually having the best energy at this time. You're usually feeling, um, you know, pretty in flow with life. This is the time most people are like, yeah, I'm rocking. Um, then comes the ovulation phase, which is usually, again, it's going to be different for everyone, but we'll say day 15 through 17. It's short. This is a short phase. Now with this phase, some people, if you have endometriosis, this can be a painful time. Um, so these are times where again, some people feel great. Others are like, I have cramps again. I don't feel great because we're, we're dealing with some other things going on in your cycle. And so I don't always encourage that time for workouts. So typically the follicular phase is when people can do the, do the hit, do the boot camp, feel really strong in their bodies. Ovulation, as long as you don't have endo, endo, and those can be fine too. If you have um, endometriosis or um, you know PCOS, sometimes those cramps can be debilitating, and so taking the time to rest rather than doing sometimes. I mean, it's easy on social media to post ovulation; everyone should feel this way when it's not necessarily true. So honoring what what's in for your body, I think, is key there. And then during that luteal phase, I like to break up the luteal phase into two chunks because usually the first half of the luteal phase, most people feel really good. This is also the longest phase of our cycle. So it's days 17 through 28. Um, if it's, if you have a 28 day cycle and so you feel great, you'll have, I call them crunchy days. You'll have that day where you're like, yep, it switched. Things have switched for me. Um, let's say like day 25 is usually mine and things switch. And I just feel, yep, my workouts need to change. I need to take a break from social media. I get more judgmental towards myself, towards other um, I just need to have some more self-care built into my schedule. If I can um, reduce the load, like podcast interviews, not a great time to do it that, at that phase for myself. Um, not a great time to overload my schedule with one-on-one clients either because I'm just depleted. You feel a little bit more tired. And then you go into that bleeding phase, which are day one through seven-ish of your cycle. And this is the time again, where you, if you're, if you're slowing down, your intuition is really high at this point. And so making that space to meditate, making space to have that time for yourself in the morning. Um, so you can tap into that intuition that's coming through. And sometimes it doesn't happen, which means we might've pushed a little bit too hard when we shouldn't have earlier in the cycle. Um, and it's often one that I see, like it's, it's the Vata phase of the cycle. And so I do have people who are like, I feel really good when I'm bleeding. Can I, can I go do my hardcore workout? Can I do, um, I want to go run that race. And I'm like, well, no, that's, that's the Vata. You probably have a little bit of a Vata imbalance going on. So the Vata is trying to get you to go, but then what happens the next cycle, often cramps, bloating, PMS. And you're like, oh, I do not feel good. And so I always reflect, okay, why do we have that? Let's look back at the last 30 to 60 days. What were our habits? Like, did we honor our cycle? 
Did we have more um, caffeine than usual? Did we have more alcohol than usual? Processed foods. Mm. All of those will play a factor into the cramps, the bloating, the PMS that we sometimes feel. Well done, my friend. That was a such a concise little masterclass there of that whole subject, right? And if you if you were listening to that, right, I, I want to go back to what you said at the very start. This is why it's a vital sign, right? This is why you said it's a vital sign because let me be very clear here with all the lovely ladies listening. If there is pain, if there is dis-ease, if there is a challenge within these cycles, this is not saying you are broken. This is not saying you are flawed. This is just a sign of imbalance that you deserve to come back to, right? And listening to all those different parts of the of the menstrual cycle and the infradian rhythm, you start to see that if I can start to tune into these different symptoms and signs, I can make a choice to align myself to a more optimal way of expressing, right? Or in often cases, non-expressing, just the being and the allowing, right? So we'll end it there because we could do a whole, we could just keep going with that topic as you just talked about. But I would really encourage people, please reach out to Andrea to go deeper into these, into this kind of healing if you're looking to do it. I'd also recommend a resource. This was a book that got me into this world and I'm sure you're aware of it, my friend, um, it's Alyssa, Alyssa Vitti's work. Her book is called in the, in the flow. Are, are you, are you aware of book. it? It's yeah. a great book. Yeah. Her work. And it's just, it opened to it came into my world's personal training. I was like, ah, oh, this, this, yeah. this makes so much sense. This alliance. So I would, yeah, I would definitely push people in her direction too. And it's a good place to start. And I will make it one more suggestion because this book is really good. If anyone's got PCOS or endometriosis or any of those issues, um, Dr. Aviva Ram has a really good one called Hormone Intelligence. And that one is also another one that I would, uh, I've recommended to a few clients and they're like, this is amazing. Like they can, you know, start there and just kind of dive into your particular need if you want to have a good resource there. Yeah, I love it. And it just, again, I just want to emphasize, tune in, tune in, feel and make a shift, right? You're so much more powerful than the victim that you might feel like you are, right? And I've, I've been there myself. So it's just, yeah, that's why I wanted to do this, this conversation. Let's shift here, my friend. I have a couple more questions I want to get into with you before I let you go. I I want to come back to the, the sort of energetic system. And I'm wondering your perspective on, I've done a lot of shows on the chakra system. And the energy centers. And I know that chakras play a big role in the yogic world and they they play a big role in the Ayurvedic world. So I'm wondering, and I know this is a whole other topic in itself, and there's many things we could say, but I'm wondering what comes up for someone that is maybe chakra aware, they're tuned to their different energy centers. How do they play a role in the sort of Ayurvedic cycle system? Yeah. So if we kind of think about the, you know, the the chakras we think about those, those root, the base. So if we think about them in terms of the doshas, um, the grounded doshas that, that kapha dosha when they're in balance. And so we're kind of building up from there. So, you know, you got your, your bottom chakras are going to be related to that kapha. The middle is going to be the pitta and the upper is going to be that vata. And so if you kind of think about it in a very, just like simple, um, manner, you can kind of see, okay, that makes sense. So if you're feeling like, man, I'm really struggling with, you know, connecting to my creativity, connecting to my intuition. Um, I'm feeling a little scattered, you know, really tuning in. Okay. Like is my, my third eye open crown chakra? How are we working here? Do I have a Vata imbalance going on that I need to kind of clean up? Um, because I feel a little lost. 
Now for this one, starting with the, we often like to work with the root and working with the base to feel grounded because if we're not rooted and grounded, then it's really hard to tap into that intuition anyway. And so, yes. And so if you're not, if you're not, um, if you don't have those practices built in, um, there's no way that that energy is going to flow up and you're not going to be able to see correctly. Question for you as another, as a practitioner to another practitioner, I've noticed that just statistically (laughs) nine out of 10 people, if we, if there's going to be a challenge somewhere, if there's going to be a blockage or or a need for awareness and clearing and releasing and attunement, it's going to be in the root or that sacral space. Do you, do you notice that as well? That is, yes. I just talked to a friend who she's um, called her business is your chakra coach. And she had said the exact same thing. She was like, most people think, you know, the throat chakra or third eye crown, but she's like, it's usually the root and we're not grounded. We're not, we're not sinking down enough, which makes sense because what in, in Ayurveda opposites again are happening. So what do I see most of a lot of Vata imbalances, which is going to be the opposite of that rooted, grounded energy and presence. What, what do you hypothesize is the reason for that? So my, my reasoning just to maybe get some, get some things flowing for you is I think we live, I'm, I'm reading, I'm sure you're aware of Mr. Gabor Mate's uh, work and Gabor, he has a powerful book and other resource for people's when the body says no, but he's just released a new book called um, uh, the, the case against normal. I think something, I forget the, the name of it, but he, sh- he shows that we live in a world as a collective, as a society where there's so much stresses in the external reality that cause us to feel disconnected from self, right? That whether it be through collective events, like we just went through with COVID, whether it be through the media, whether it be through politics, whether it be through big pharmaceutical, big food, all the things we, we, we come as this beautiful soul having a human experience. We come into the world and immediately we're bombarded with so many external stresses that push us off balance. So what are your thoughts on this? Why do you think so many of us are in that ungrounded state with that root chakra? Yeah. I mean, I agree all of the things that you said, and I think social media plays a big factor in it too. And people are using that as a way to kind of de-stress at night not realizing that's not helping, you know, like they just go and scroll the phone because they're, you know, I just want to get off, get away from my day. I'm done with work and then open the phone and just catch up with people. But then an hour passes, two hour passes, and then they feel worse. And then they feel anxious. They can't sleep a lot. I've had a lot more sleep issues the last couple of years. And I'm pretty sure, you know, obviously 2020 probably kicked that off for people. And then now people are still in this stuck energy with sleep. And so, and I'm finding it's hard for, especially for women that I'm seeing a lot of women are having trouble sleeping and insomnia. They've never had these issues before. And all of a sudden, you know, this, it's just a lot on people's plates. And also what I'm seeing, um, cause if I primarily work with women and, um, I'm having a lot of people like they were okay during 2020, 2021. And then now, okay, stuff is opening up. Stuff is going back to normal but their loads haven't changed. Now, suddenly we're working more kids. Kids now are in school potentially, and we're picking kids up. Work is shifted a little bit in their demands. And then partner at home is not helping at all. And it's just a lot getting dumped. I'm seeing on, you know, women's plates in particular. And 
they're struggling with that. And I think that's too, like, how can you connect with yourself when you have all of these spinning plates? Like that's also where it's hard. There's no way you're going to be, I'm not going to be like, Hey, so I wrote a book called divine body wisdom, and it's all about connecting in. And that was, that's a big part of my message. How do you tune in? But how do you reach someone who they're spinning so many plates? So that's really hard for people to do. And so that's where I'm really focused on helping people. Like, how can we tune in? Okay. 10 minutes. That's all I'm asking you. We're, just give me 10 minutes. What are you going to do? Set a timer. I like to do a two o'clock, you know, two o'clock, three o'clock, whatever time works for you every day, pause, step away from your work. Um, if you have kiddos, if depending on their ages, can you just let them be for 10 minutes and have, have them have some sort of TV for 10 minutes so you can just take care of your needs. And it can be something simple as just breathing for 10 minutes, you know, just no devices. Like what can you do to relax, go outside, step on the earth, close your eyes, lay on the earth. You know, what would that look like for you? And that's something that, um, you know, I don't expect people to jump in at like, give me an hour in the morning. It's just not realistic for most people. So like, let's start small and then slowly build up to make those connections. Because again, the outside world is telling us like, there's a lot, there's a lot coming in and, you know, it's up to us to decipher what we need to take in and what, you know, what we can release. I'm not sure if you've noticed this, my friend, in your, in your journey that you've been on, but I just, I just reflected on this as I was listening to you speak you know, we both started as personal trainers and, and then we went into the mental, emotional and spiritual world. And then we've come back full circle to realizing, oh, the physical body is the gateway to this, this deeper reflection and expression and release. Right. And I think it's so, because, you know, the reason that the breath work is so powerful, why you suggested it is we, to be able to get to the deeper reconnection to self through emotional, mental, spiritual world, we have to get there through the body. We have to get there through the physical form. And we, we can't create the space to do that in any other way, right? We have to do it first through the physical medium, right? So much like you said, through the breath, but you know, even if it is like you also said, connecting to the earth or for me, you know, this is where my yoga practice comes in. I'll, I'll, I'll get into, I'll get on the ground and I'll, and I'll, I'll get into a pose and just allow the opening of my body to be a channel into the deeper world, right? To just, okay, I've now literally created the physical space. So now in that space that's created through the physical medium, what needs to be felt? What needs to be seen? What needs to be acknowledged? What needs to be let go of, right? Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's what I think, again, I come back to like people who are like, ah, oh, that, that can be hard. And that's where, I mean, having that support or having some sort of support to help you on that journey, whether that be like, I've recommended, you know, seeing a therapist for some people, because it depends on what comes up. Cause sometimes it's really deep stuff that we don't want to touch. And so sometimes we need that extra support. Um, sometimes it can just be like, as we were talking as personal trainers, like maybe you're like, you know what? I do need like a holistic minded personal trainer. Who's going to like, just hold me because I need to move my body. I got to get stuff moving because I can't hear. Cause it's just, it's stuck. So I think that's also a key too, is just knowing like get support when you need it. Yeah. And I think reminding people that that's not weakness, that that's not a, that's not a sign that you're failing. That's not a sign that you, you, you can't come back to your power. Right. We're speaking about these themes of the root 
what is another theme of the root chakra? It is tribe. It is it is community. It is family, right? So when you allow yourself, as you're beautifully highlighting, to be received and seen and heard by another person, that is you connecting deeper to yourself. Because yes, we are a powerful spiritual being and soul, but we're also a human being. And that human being has evolved for thousands of years, not in these little boxes that we all live in now, but we've lived in tribes. We've lived in communities, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, receive. I mean, I think receiving that one's like, that one is one of the ones that I worked on this year was kind of one of my words is receive, like, how can I do that? And then that made me think of the women's retreat. And we had this exercise, which this would have, this maybe would be accessible but a group, but there was a group of four. So each of us got in a group of four and we all practiced giving the person what they needed, whether it be just, you know, some energetic Reiki, um, hands on the body, um, just whatever we intuitively thought this person needed. And when it was my turn, I just, um, I laid and I was like, what do I need? I'm like, I really just need to work on receiving. And so, you know, all my people did, and I didn't realize my body was like, so like, kind of wound up or just the energy it felt from being with so many women. And they all just put their hand on me and just held it in one spot. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm, I mean, I just sat and I received and I just felt my whole body melt and relax. And I truly worked on just, okay, be here, receive. And it, it was one of the hardest things that I've had to do because it's not my nature just to receive. I like, I like to give based. Yes. You know, I think both of us probably do based on what we do for a living, but that's where you're like, okay, on the flip side, can I just take and receive? And it it was so, I mean, it was so nourishing and it, it was only five minutes, but it was still like, you're like, wow, that was refreshing. So sometimes it can be something as simple as that, where you're like, okay, this is how I can start to practice. And And for the superheroes out there, myself included, reminding yourself that in that act of pure receivership that allows you to give more right when you just allow yourself to be filled in in all the ways that then you're filling up your love cup right that then allows you to go out so you can just be just have it right um andrea that last question i want to hit on here before we wrap up i want to get your perspective on this We've talking we've talked about the individual cycles, the daily cycles, the monthly cycles, the seasonal cycles. I'm wondering your perspective on and I just want to hear whatever you comes up because I don't expect you to <laughs> be totally aware of all this. I just want to hear your human response, right? What as a collective on this earth at this moment in time, I I've spoken on other episodes that we're all here for a very particular reason and you know we don't need to go off into the deep spiritual uh, topics to 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 really just say to you that you know there's things going on and there is a cycle at a galactic earthly level happening so i'm wondering one what are your thoughts on this and two how can we as individuals sort of lean more into this bigger cosmological cycle and shift that's going on Ooh, um, gosh, I'm like, do I share? I know. Well, I know. And that's where I'm like, so I have, um, a gal who I did some Akashic record reading with. And one thing that helped me, and I think it was maybe in 2020 and it helped me, but also made me sink my teeth into and chew on it. It, it, It's something that's a process. So take this with whatever you will take it or leave it. 
Um, but she was like, the earth has its own cycle and it's, it has its own evolution. And no matter what we do, I mean, obviously we want to live the best that we can. The earth still has its time to birth and to die. And, um, so based on her teachings to me or what she said, I would say the earth is probably in a luteal phase right now. Um, and what we do is we work on just letting go and non-grasping non-attachment. Um, those are some of the things that you kind of want to work on at that phase. Um, and what can you release, like preparing to release, um, whatever that might look like in your life. Um, and so that's where that, that's what comes up. Um, and I think that's all I'll say, cause I don't want to freak people out. I mean, like I got some deep stuff from this, this guy that I was like, okay. And she was like, yeah, just take this, just chew on it. Um, well, give me, and again, give me a couple tidbits. Cause I, I can feel what you're about to say, but let's drop, drop a couple and you're not going to freak people out. Cause my, <laughs> my audience, my tribe, I, I talk about all this stuff all the time. So you're all good. Just give us, give us a little bit. Um, well, she said, basically the earth cycle, we're kind of, we're, we're towards the end of this, this phase of the earth. And our, she said, our souls came here knowing this now for us, we're probably okay. My son, he was six, um, you know, his generation, he could be okay. Grandchildren, that generation, that would be the one that you're like, might not, might not be. Then I was just like, wow, well, this is a lot to chew on. Cause I'm like, now I'm now obviously I'm bringing another soul into this earth. And I'm like, and she was like, but don't feel bad. She's like, these, the souls that are coming know this, like they know this is coming and they, they, that's part of their Dharma. And so I guess that is what the full message that she had said. That's why I was like, I don't want to freak people out. And so when I first heard it, it did take me a little bit to be like, oh my gosh, like this is kind of overwhelming. But then it also, then I'm like, okay, well, this, seeing what, what I'm seeing and what, what has been unfolding. I was like, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. it does seem that way. So I love it. Thank you for sharing that my friend. And what I would add is I think she's hundred percent correct. And we have all the power to change that. And, and this is why. So, uh, so happy you shared this because this is I, I doing this show. And this is why I wanted to ask you, I keep seeing these same themes. Other beautiful light workers like yourself are sharing these same intuitive. I just did a show a couple of weeks ago that's going to come out later on the 3D to 5D shift that's happening. Or some people call it the new earth or something like this. This is same name for the same thing that you just talked about, right? This big transition that the earth is going through. And the thing that often most of us don't see within this shift is our connection to it. Right. We just talked about the chakra system and um, maybe this is new to you, my friend, but within my deeper sort of exploration of the chakra system, we actually have, we have chakras below the root, but there's one chakra in particular that's called the earth heart chakra that is in the earth that is connected to us. So the reason I explain this is yes, the earth is going through this cycle, but us as the individual, we have all the power in the world to help her, to help her and thus us. So what I would suggest to people listening, not only don't get freaked out about what Andrea is beautifully explaining here, ask yourself, how, what can I do to help with this transition? What can I do? We talked about the, 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 the menstrual cycle of the female and how being a man can, you can support that. It's the same relationship dynamic that we have with the earth, right? How can we support her through her transition? So it, not only 
supports everything that's happening on the earth through her being, but then in the in turn supports us. Right. So does that make sense, my friend, what I'm what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, and she had said too, based on how we continue to live, like it's either going to happen faster or slower. Yeah. So she's like, we do have that. I mean, that power is within our grasp. It's just a matter of people taking it seriously and, you know, realizing like we are either helping her or making it go a little bit quicker than she wants to. Yeah. I love it. My friend, I love the work that you're doing in the world and I love your powerful passion and soul for people that have tuned into to you today have resonated with the, the things that you're doing in the world with the cycles, all of the Ayurveda elements. If they want to reach out to you, if you have something in this world you're doing at the moment that you want to promote, I would love to hear it. Yeah. I mean, the best place to find me is my website, which is just my name, andreaclawson.com. Um, I have a podcast as well, Peaceful Power Podcast. So if you want to know more about Ayurveda, I have so many different Ayurvedic topics that you can kind of dive into. <clears throat> and then my last one is just my Instagram is seasonal Andrea. And that's about the only social media that I pop onto. So and what was all. the name of your book again? Divine body wisdom. And you can find that on my website. So I also did a podcast episode about, um, choosing to self-publish versus going with Amazon. And, um, that's actually been a really popular listen for people just to kind of hear like, okay, like I don't have this huge account and huge following, why choose this versus that? And it's helped people kind of make up their mind on what they want to do. So it's been kind of helpful as well. That was actually the question that popped into my mind. Thank you for, I'm going to have to go listen to that episode. Um, last question for you, my friend, before I let you go, this podcast is the cosmic love antenna and the, the space and place that we connect into through all the cycles that we've talked and talked about today. For me, it's a really a deeper space of, of love. So I'm wondering my friend, how do you in your life, how do you define that love word yourself? Mm-hmm. How do I define love? Gosh, I feel like it's, um, if I can necessarily define it, but I, it's more of just like a feeling, like you could just feel that energy. Like I'm a big energy person and, um, can feel that just the vibes that you get and that aura about people. Like, I feel like that to me is love. And you just kind of know when people have that loving energy or not. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, my friend. Well, I love you. Thank you for the work that you're doing in the world. Beautiful souls out there in the listening lounge. Thank you for giving us your attention, your time today. We hope you brought this brought you some deeper awareness and deeper reflection on your cycles in the world. If it did, please share this out to friends, family members, lovers that you connect into. You can you can support the show as well by going over to Instagram or to Apple Apple reviews or Spotify reviews and leaving any feedback for myself or Andrea. But as always, sending love, sending light, and we'll see you next time here on the show. Bye, everyone. Before I leave you today, beautiful beings, I'm so excited to share a special announcement just with you. On the 20th to the 23rd of April, 2023, I and a fellow guest of the show, the beautiful Ali Paws, will be hosting live in Tulum, Mexico, the Cosmic Heart Tour. If you listen to this podcast week to week and you resonate with my frequency, with my voice, with my love in any of the topics I share with you, then most likely it is time for us to connect and heal in person. So I invite you to join us in Mexico. Join us for some meditations, activations, yoga, cranial sacral therapy, a book 
release, a live Q&A, poetry, and so much more. These spots are going to fill up super quick because our intention is to make this exclusive and intimate. So please DM me, Cosmic Heart Tour, on any of my social channels. That's Cosmic Heart Tour on any of my social channels, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and we'll book in a meeting so you can join the love. I'm so excited to connect with you in the flesh. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna with me, your host, Harrison. If you gain value or this episode hit your heart, please remember to share this out with a friend, a family member, or a lover. You can also leave your love over on Apple Reviews and Spotify Star Feedback, and this helps me spread my frequency to more souls in need. Finally, if you want to connect with me deeper, want to reach out, interested in coaching, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Harrison Ma, Ma spelled M-E-A-G-H-E-R sending you so much love. DC, I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, The Interviews. Electric Acid. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the no, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.